Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to another fake. I always do this. Another YouTube live. I want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my um, uh, of our unplugged YouTube community. Um, if you feel like these uh, videos have been a blessing to you, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people as possible so that we can be able to uh, reach more people and, and help more, more people grow spiritually for God's optimal use. And for those who's new to my channel, I want to welcome you guys and gals out. For those who are watching later, whether on YouTube or listening later later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much um, for seeing value in this material. Um, God definitely gets the glory for um, the wisdom I believe he has given me. So I just want to say thank you all so much for just all your support, all your love, all your comments, all your shares, all your giving, all that good stuff. And for those who's um, very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you grow spiritually for God's optimum use and to help you make sense of your life. And um, if you feel like this material is a blessing to you, feel like, man, yo, I would really like to be uh, receive more material for this from this gentleman here. Uh, feel free to subscribe, hit the bell, because like I always tell people, no man, no woman knows they are when I'm going to do a YouTube live. So if you want to get your questions in the queue, make sure you hit the subscribe button, uh, notification bell, so that you will be able um, um, to see at least when these videos drop, so that I'll be able to serve you and uh, utilize the God-given wisdom I have and other resources and experiences to help you grow for God's use. So hope y'all doing well. Also, for those who are not accustomed to my live uh, videos, all the timestamps are below. So if you like, I want to know what all the questions he's answered, um, go down to the comments section below and um, look through there and you'll find the questions that were asked today. Also, you can make sure you go to our playlist for the live Q&As with Coach Josh. And there you will see all of my most recent, maybe 27, 28 videos of live Q&As and all those um timestamps are below those as well. So let's get right into the chat. I gave you all enough time. <clears throat> To get into the queue, um, we got Vanessa. Thank you so much. What's going on? How you doing? Dina says, hey. Hey, Doc, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. Christopher, what's going on? He says, hey, Josh, will you ever come to England or Nigeria? I act, I'm actually Nigerian. Um, whenever the Lord leads. My goal is I've been in Nigeria once in 2010, and I would love to go back. Um, that's, that's home. You know what I'm saying? I never, uh, I didn't grow up there. I was born there, but that's where my father's from. And I have a, a, a deep connection to them. I don't know where God is going to lead me ministry wise there, but I would love to see where he takes my feet. Jennifer, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. Christina Stubbs. Hey coach catching from the Bahamas. Thank you so much for watching. Hope y'all doing well down there. Uh, uh, post the hurricane. Michelle, what's going on? Ayana. Hey coach, how you feeling? How you feeling? Hope you well. Raw scallops. Here we go. Hey, coach, how do I build strong discipline with God and become better at staying or saying no to temptation? Great question. Great question. Hey, coach, how do I build strong discipline? Discipline is a decision, a decision that has a destiny attached to it. Like your destiny, your purpose has to be greater than your present, because if it's not greater than your present, then it won't affect your present. You see what I'm saying? Um, there has to be a greater why. If there's not a greater why, then your what would not have value. So today's uh, today's actions are predicated on tomorrow's promises and how well they're uh, <clears throat> attached to you, right? And so, how do you build stronger discipline? Number one, um, um, understand um, um, your destiny, understand your responsibility to the divine. And what I mean by responsibility to the divine is that you have a purpose that is connected to people, that's connected to what God has providentially uh, uh, connected to the timestamp of your life. For you know what I'm saying, so that you're able to really perceive the will of God, which will inspire discipline. Um, but discipline um, is the fruit. Uh, in the lives of those who have strong determination, a strong uh, fear of the divine. What I mean by fear or reverence that 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 you understand that you are a pilgrim passing through, understanding that this place is not your home, understanding that you are here for an assignment and a purpose. That's what keeps me disciplined because I want to make sure that my mind, my body, my emotions are strong enough for the purpose. Disciplines that discipline determines or ensures that you are strengthened for the destiny assignment because discipline of the mind, discipline of the soul, discipline of the body, discipline of the spirit ensures that when destiny or life tries to distract you from destiny or when life tries to uh, uh, put a damper 
on 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 the on the uh, value of your life, then you have these rhythms, these habits to ensure that you break through, pass through, and 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 and, and, and maintain a productivity um, that that has eternal value. So. Practically, I know I rambled there, but practically how discipline is built is number one, <clears throat> know the divine. Number two, um, uh, establish a destiny. Why? Number three, uh, um, uh, making sure uh, um, that you remove all things that's going to distract you from being disciplined. The number one thing um, that people have a misconceived notion about discipline is that contrary to proper belief, everybody's disciplined. Everybody's disciplined at something, but the problem is many people are disciplined at the wrong things. What I would advise you to do is get a sheet of paper <clears throat> and write down why you procrastinate, what are you procrastinating from, um, uh, uh, what bad and good things are you disciplined at, and 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 determine your why. Determine, uh, um, process, um, and just process with God and saying, am I really connected to you? Am I really uh, understanding the meaning of life? Because the meaning of life will have you pass through distractions because you'll realize I need to establish Patterns and habits that will help God, help people, and help myself. I'm so glad the younger Josh was disciplined in, in his creative productions because now I'm reaping the fruits of those disciplines. Right now, you are eating the fruits of your discipline. Are you eating the fruit of discipline in the right things or discipline from the wrong things? That honesty will, 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 will humble you. And, and begin the process, but you have to determine what are the distractions and what are the destiny uh, 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 things that I, I'm here to accomplish and, uh, and engage with God and say, God, I need your help. But God can't help you if you're not willing to help yourself in those regards. So I want you to write down your destiny, the things that you desire to do in life. And then I want you to process what things must I do regularly, if not daily, to ensure these things are manifested in my life. And then start with baby steps. Start with baby steps. Don't discipline. Disciplines are destroyed when you try to tackle them completely. You got to be able to skim it all the way through and say, okay, realistically, what are the small practical things that I can do to ensure that discipline becomes a regular part of my life? <clears throat> Great question. Hope that helped. Hey, coach, thanks for last night's coaching. You're so welcome, Pink October. That's what I'm here for. Tabitha, hey, what's going on? How you feeling? Thank you for all your advice and you're so welcome, Vanessa. It's an honor. Uh, Christina says, what tips do you have for someone who doesn't have much experience with dating relationships? How can they overcome the fears of stepping into the new season? I think I saw your question if not yesterday or or uh, another uh, past coaching session. All right, let's get to your question. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> All right, let's get to it. What tips do you have for someone who doesn't have much experience with dating and relationship? Don't worry about the experience you have. Be glad that God has experience. God is 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 has a ton of experience a trillion amount of tons of experience in relationships. So it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter how much experience you have in a thing. Just know that God is well able to matchmake you and, 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 and equip you and empower you to be the woman or the man you need to be in your relationships. Many people feel like, <clears throat> well, I have to go out there and date a bunch of people that's not for me to have enough experience to date the person that God has for me. Most of the times when you do something like that, you, you bring unnecessary hurt into your life. You bring unnecessary drama into your life. You bring unnecessary soul ties in your life, which lengthens uh, uh, or delays the opportunity for you to meet your divine partner. You see what I'm saying? So what I will say to you is don't worry about how many boyfriends you've had or how many girlfriends you have. You don't need experience to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be the woman or man you need to be in a relationship. Now, there are certain things that you can do on your own is to really just use common sense and say, you know what, what would a man, uh, what would a husband need from me? What would a wife need from me? What are, uh, what are, because most of the times, <clears throat> 
You can learn so much about relationships from the classroom of observation. Meaning it's crazy how, how full the classroom of experience is and how few the students are, have signed up for the classroom or, or the course of observation. You can learn all you need to do. From, you can learn all you need to know from observing other people's relationships. It, the quotes out there says that smart people learn from uh, their mistakes, but wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Smart people learn from the the uh, uh, from like I said, the smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. You do not have to go into the classroom of experience to un to understand and learn relationships. All you have to do is open your eyes, open your ears, and utilize the sermon of the Holy Spirit to be able to perceive the patterns and 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 the productivity that you need to have a prosperous relationship. Because a lot of people out there are are engaging in relationships, are are dating a lot of people, serially dating, but they have never dated God or themselves. You have to take time to date God, go out with God, understand God, and date yourself for self-love. You date God to receive love. You, de you date yourself to develop self-love. And then when you meet the one that God has for you, date them all the days, all the days, but periodically throughout your whole relationship, uh, courting, uh, engagement, and, and marriage to get to, to, uh, to master the love for them. So what tips do you have for someone who doesn't have much experience with dating relationships? Don't worry about it. God is fully experienced <clears throat> and God is fully um, 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 good at matchmaking. How can they overcome the fears of stepping into, uh, you have to understand this, the Bible says God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Those three things are essential for you to be successful in, in faith in any arena. You have to understand that God did not give you a spirit of fear. God gives us a spirit of faith. The devil tries to give us a spirit of fear. See what I'm saying? And in order to build that spirit of faith, you have to understand that you have full power through the Holy Spirit to be empowered to do anything that God wants you to do. Secondly, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Therefore, if you uh, embrace the perfected and perfect uh, love of Christ, then all the fear will subside. And you have to understand that in order um, to maintain or sustain anything, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to empower you with the mindset that 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 that, that harnesses self-control. Hope to help. <clears throat> so don't be afraid of that season. Don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. I know it's, it's hard to do in this climate, especially with social media. Um, but um, but but I wouldn't even worry too much about it because God's got you. I'm a living witness. Pink October says, How can I get rid of people I no, no longer care about? It's easy. Well, not easy because um, there's nuances to a lot of people's lives. So let me make sure I I, I, I really feel where you're coming from. Um, how do I get rid of people I no longer care about? Um, care is a strong word. So I wouldn't really just say I, I, I don't really care. Care. If you don't care about a person, it means there's some hurt there. Uh, um, um, there. I have care even for my enemies. The Bible says, love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use. You know what I'm saying? That you have to still have care. Um, if you if you feel like you don't care about a person, then, then there must be hurt residing in your heart. So number one, you have to deal with why you don't care for that person. I'm not talking about uh, um, to um, care to the point to where it affects your self-care. Would you say care enough to hopefully they get saved? Hopefully they have a great life. You don't want to not care. Now, how to not be close or connected to someone that you shouldn't have a, a lot of care for to the point to where it affects your self-care. You just got to make sure that self-care is, 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 is paramount in your life. Um, um, those who, uh, love themselves, care for themselves. Those who don't, those who hate themselves hurt themselves. So the best way <clears throat> to get rid of people who are selfishly connected to you is to increase your self-care and understand the word no. Write down um, your value. I want you to write down a sheet of paper to people that is connected to this, uh, your comment, connected to your uh, question. And I want you to write down uh, at least a, uh, at least some kind of care for them. Write down beside their names. I care for their salvation. I care that they're that they're they'll be well. Write something down. You know what I'm saying. And then number two, right number the second, third, second, the third column is write down um um how they have been affecting your self care. And then then the next column, write down your boundaries. 
write down the self-care boundaries. You need to, to uh, be systems around your life to support you. And then you will watch those people rid themselves. Uh, most of the time, you don't have to get rid of people. All you got to do is set boundaries and those boundaries gets rid of them. Let's hope they help. Dina says, how do I start from scratch building my faith while fighting my flesh? Great question. All of these are great questions. Um, I'm going to do a video <clears throat> on the difference um, between um, um, faith, I mean, not faith, the flesh and demonic oppression, right? Uh, most people will say, I got a devil in my life. No, you just don't have discipline in your life. You, you haven't defeated your flesh. The lack of, the lack of killing the flesh opens, opens the door for demonic oppression. Now, how do you Start building a faith from scratch. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So number one, in order for your faith to grow, you got to be around the pure word of God. We're talking about getting a good Bible, a good study Bible and, and reading it with the Holy Spirit. And say, Holy Spirit, lead me through the book you authored so I can be able to understand the one that's authoring my faith. You see what I'm saying? The one that is uh, uh, um, um, developing me, right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you got to start there. And the Holy Spirit will, uh, will uh, surround you with the right type of teachers who's going to build your faith because the Holy Spirit is preaching through them, right? So you start from scratch by literally uh, 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 um, um, looking, at, looking at your life on paper by simply saying, okay, why is my faith low? First, you have to understand that faith is a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. Uh, and another way to build your faith from scratch is to, is to always observe the faithful track record of God, meaning right, getting a faith journal, I call them. A faith journal is writing down how God has been faithful to you daily or weekly. All you got to do is get a notebook and just say, on today, I've noticed that God was faithful to me in these areas. And you can fill up a sheet just about every day by just simply uh, writing down the faithful obvious. Faithful obvious means, oh, he allowed me to breathe today. He, he gave me strength in my body. He gave me strength in my mind. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm sure glad that he's with. There's a lot of different things that you can write down. And as you journal those different things, when you have a low faith moment, you can always go back to that journal and look at the faithful track record of God. And that will build your faith. Number three, Three, you have to stir your faith. Stir your faith means you got to make sure you go out there and be proactive in it. Asking God um, um, to strengthen your faith, to increase your faith, and, and you keep your faith stirred by being around faith stirrers. People and friends, accountability, a community, a fellowship, a church that will stir your faith often because they're preaching the word of God. Those two to three or four different things will help you grow in faith, but you have to understand you just can't jump into the gym and lift a hundred pounds if you haven't mastered 10 pounds. You see what I'm saying? So God is not going to just throw you out there and you just have the gift of faith to raise somebody from dead or the gift of faith to move a mountain. You got to understand that faith is a journey. Faith is a process like lifting weights. And so God will take you through baby steps, but don't be disappointed when God is not throwing you out there where faith can be manifested amongst the masses. No, God is going to show you his faithfulness towards you which will build your faithfulness to him and which will keep your faith stirred and your confidence in him. David is a great example. David came down, tried to bring some food to his brothers, realized that all of his brothers plus the men of Israel was all pansies. And when it, when the Goliath was talking about, hey, who, who, um, who, uh, give me a champion. Give me someone to fight. And if you, if he defeats me, we'll be your slaves, etc., etc. David has so much confidence because his faithful, God's faithfulness towards him against the bear, against the lion, against whoever was trying to come against his flock, had his faith strong enough towards his Goliath. But his faith in God was not in what God did for him. His faith in God was based upon the covenant he had with them because David looked at Goliath and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of Israel? He understood the covenant that his people had with God. And unfortunately, the soldiers didn't. But he, we don't know what kind of clothing Goliath had on, but uncircumcision boils down to the loins. He noticed, well, I don't know if the Goliath was just Slanging, but he was able to see, hey, this joke is uncircumcised. This guy has no covenant. 
I have a covenant. So faith begins in the fact that you have a covenant that allows you to have fellowship with the father. The more you fellowship with him, the bigger your faith gets because you understand that I have a covenant with the living God. Hope to help. While fighting your flesh, that's what I will advise. Um, write down the the, the, um, the tendencies of your flesh, the tendencies, the tendencies, it's lust, it's desires. And I want you to write down systematic disciplines or ways that you can fight against uh, uh, um, the fierce appetite of your flesh. And as you begin to fellowship with God, the flesh dies. Whatever you feed most, lead most. So you got to understand, am I feeding my uh, old nature or my renewed nature? Am I feeding the tendencies of my old self? Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ is new creature. So we're not, so the old nature is dead, right? But, but there could be tendencies, habits that, that, that gives off the the persona that the flesh is 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 dominant when all actuality you have the spirit sealing you helping you to overcome anything great question hope that it helped you so welcome vanessa i'm glad it was a blessing to you um oh i'm i'm up, I'm up top okay let me go back down scroll down a little bit more how do i start scratch building my faith all right a shot sharia my apology says I'm experiencing unwanted thoughts resulting in feelings for a coworker. I need to keep my focus on. Um, to help you with that, unwanted thoughts means these thoughts are running rampant in the mind that doesn't have uh, um, systems to uh, salvage unwanted thoughts, right? The Bible says casting down vain imaginations. In, in order to do that, you got to develop a mental um, uh, mental process, mental, how can I put this, mental exercises and 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 quickly recognizing how to cast down a vain or valid a vain imagination now what do i do i do a lot of mental exercises i do a lot of things that kind of sharpens my mind like I'll, I'll i'll intentionally find a word and find out how can i make that into a preaching point i look at a scripture and i, I try to find two to three ways that i can articulate that text based upon the ages i do that stuff without even doing videos <clears throat> because the more i exercise my mind when it's time for me to do what i need to do in front of my in front of people, I'm able to execute because I've practiced those, those mental habits. So what happens is we have a lot of emotional exercises that are damaging more than mental exercises that are helpful. So we're we're great at being emotional. We to the point that we're overly emotional in a lot of things. But what we have done is we have allowed our minds to become stale and not sharpened. So you have to daily sharpen your mind and literally getting a sheet of paper. Everything boils down to a paper and pen with me. What you do is when you have write down your unwanted thoughts and and write down why those thoughts are vain. And if you got to type it out, if you got to print it out or put on a sticky note, you do that. So every time those thoughts come, you have a visual representation of why that thought is vain. And the more you repetitiously do that, you will begin to develop a, a mental strength to be able to cast down that vain imaginations because you'll be able to say this co-worker is, is, is not my husband, is not my wife, or this co-worker is, 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 is whatever. And you are in order to ensure those mental exercises blossom, you got to make sure you do not allow your flesh to blossom. You got to make sure that you don't allow your soul, which is a sponge to soak in lustful or hateful or whatever type of emotions that you have towards your coworker. So that those things won't be dominant in your lives. What most of us do is we allow our minds to dwell on so much things, so many things towards an individual that our emotions attach validity, validity to it. And then we feel like these these emotions are logically acceptable and logically real when all it is is a vain imagination with a bunch of emotions attached to it. See what I'm saying? So write down those unwanted thoughts. Write down why that coworker has so much power because we don't know what that person may be involved in. There is spells and hexes and vexes and, and definite demonic attachments out there. And, and, and really engage with the Holy Spirit. And he'll show you how to detach yourself mentally from that, but it boils down to really seeing the who, what, when, where, why, and 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 doing what you have to do to ensure those things are out 
of your life. And if anything, you got to establish why you need to stay focused on what you need to stay focused on because you eat the fruit of what you focus on. Whatever you focus on flourishes. And, and honesty is the best policy. If you notice that, yo, I got a lot of bad things flourishing, all you got to do is pay your attention to the right things and let those things pay you back in the future. <clears throat> Great question. Michelle Minnis, do you still do spiritual counseling? Um, a lot has been happening the last few weeks, um, but please send me an email. And if and when those times come, especially during the Christmas holidays, I'll I'll probably have some slots available for coaching. I have about maybe I gotta check my emails. I know I haven't checked them in a in a few days, but I think I have a few people there. Um, but Michelle, I know that you watch my videos often. Just put the I'm Michelle Miller from YouTube in the in the in the box and let me know what your budget is and I'll see what I can do. Hey Anita, how you feeling? Stephanie Ramirez says, I'm gonna break up with my boyfriend tonight. I think this is what God wants. Advice on how to get over it. Great question. The best way to get over someone is 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 processing the valid reasons why. Understanding that self-care is extremely important. Being in the will of God is extremely important. Knowing your purpose is extremely important. I was helping my cousin last night who stayed over me. We talked about how when you know the person of God, you know uh, your purpose. And when you know your purpose, you'll be able to recognize your person. Your person means it's for singles, your significant other, right? The one that God has made for you. When you understand the person of God and get to know him and make him the center focus of your life and uh, and, 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 the, and the number one spot in your life, then your purpose will become keenly, you'll be keen, become keenly aware of your purpose and you will be inspired to pursue it. And as you begin to pursue your purpose, the deeper you go into the sanctification work of God, the deeper you go into pursuing your purpose, you will begin to recognize in God's providential timing the person God has for you. And so when purpose means when the person of God and the purpose of God for your life means more to you than anyone or anything, then it's easy to get rid of somebody. It's easy to get over somebody because that person is just not it. And I was telling my uh, cousin, you ain't got to worry about if 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 that person um, is hurt because I rather help myself. I rather help myself and hurt you than hurt myself to help you. You see what I'm saying? I rather give you. I rather hurt you to help me than to help you to hurt me. What I mean by hurt, we're talking, we're talking about physical harm. We're just talking about emotional harm, mental harm. I'd rather break it up now and you get a temporary sting now than for me to be stung my whole life and you selfishly satisfied through the lack of my self-care. So when you begin to process the importance of self-care and the importance of your purpose and, and what God wants to do exclusively with you, over time, it gets better. Now, like I told the others, it all boils down to a sheet of paper and a pen and really writing down the individual's name, the reason why it needs they need it to end, and then keep that around. Keep that in the forefront of your mind when, when those vain thoughts come in. When and, and the thing is, purpose removes idleness. Purpose keeps away loneliness because you're never alone. Loneliness is an illusion. You're never alone. You have God there and you have your purpose looking you in the face like, yo, when you going to work on me? Yo, what's up? And you got your personal development looking at you because all of the stuff that you are is produced in your life. So if you are a procrastinator, if you are whatever, that thing will be in your life and it's vivid. So you're never alone. You got God, you got your purpose, and you got personal development to keep you productive until the right person comes. So you're going to break up with him tonight. My advice is to make sure you don't break up with him in a place where we don't know his anger levels. We don't know his emotion levels. So what uh, so what I would do is make sure that you don't break up with him. Um, don't break up with him. Now, if, if you know this person is whatever, um, then I, I'm old school. I believe in doing it uh, face to face. At least for that person respect. But if it's nighttime at your time, I would I would make sure that you um, that you. Uh, my advice is, if it must be done tonight, do it over the phone. If it can be done in a way where this person's a good-hearted person and you respect them, I would do it to their face. Um, but but I would pray to the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, what is the right way to do this to ensure that I'm safe and secured and don't have to worry about nobody's stupidity? 
and the Holy Spirit will reveal how you go about breaking up with that person. But in order to get over them, just follow what I said, the 25th, 25, 26 marker. And I pray those things help you. Great questions, y'all. Um, I scrolled down too far. Man, y'all have so many questions, man. This is this is humbling that y'all see the value in what God has in me to help you all, man. It's definitely humbling. Uh, oh, man, I shouldn't have scrolled because I see a lot of great questions. What I'm planning on doing is there's questions I don't get to that are all the questions are very good. But when I see a question I probably haven't answered before or haven't answered often, I may start my live Q&As with one of those videos. I may do maybe a lunchtime uh, um, video where I answer people's questions that's in the bottom of the queue that, that I probably haven't had done a video on. I haven't don't have a lot of them on. And I will answer those questions. First, I'm gonna see how it goes um, because I've done four Q and A's this past week, and I can't make this promise, but I hope I'm able to do them more, Lord willing. Favorite one says, "How do you deal with feeling like I always am the last to be blessed, and I always have to wait a long time?" Um, yeah, the last shall be first. You know why the last is first? Because the last took the time they needed to develop themselves. Therefore, they're ready to be first. Those who are first are first because of vain reasons. They're first. And what I mean by first, they first because they probably settled for it. But those who are last waited on God, trusted God, developed in God, and they become first because, because they had given themselves the length of time to develop into the person they need to be. And so, so don't worry about if you're seemingly last because most nobody's last. Um, self, the last person that God saves before he comes back, <laughs> that person's last. But what I'm saying is, or a last group of people, but what I'm saying is, don't worry about how long something takes. Just realizing that you embrace the period and doing what it takes for longevity. Don't worry about how long a season lasts. Just make sure you capitalize on that season to ensure you have longevity in your life. See, I, I've been doing this for 12 years, favorite one, 12 years. And I'm not even close to the plateau of, of my potential. I'm not even close to the plateau of, of the gift that I have. And, and I'm not worried about it because I have to be okay with not being where I think I should be. I just want to be where God needs me to be. And so your mentality has to change in, in how the and how God moves and how God does what he does so that you will be able to be content and at peace because I have to be okay if God never gives me a million dollars. I have to be okay. I have to be okay. Okay with that. Now, that doesn't mean God ain't going to uh, help me to be to produce generational wealth. That God's not going to uh, create a platform that uh, impacts millions of people. But I have to be okay if it's just a thousand. I have to be okay if I. I just have to be okay with it because then my heart won't waver. There's a verse that says, "God, don't make me too poor that I steal, and don't make me too rich that I walk away from you." God will always keep you at the middle that keeps you um, um, in the place where you need to be. <clears throat> To be to stay with him. So how do you deal with feelings of always being last is to not even think about your placement in the line, but just know that when it's your turn, you'll be fine. So don't worry about uh, uh, this person's getting married because you're not a fly on the wall in these people's lives. And you don't know that they rushed to it. They was first in line, but they wasn't prepared for the requirements of why they should be in line. And then they end up last or in the back of the line with two or three divorces, two or three whatever. And you with no baggage, no burden no issues creep up and God says, Hey, my line is over here. Come see what I have for you, but you're ready. God cares about longevity. That's why things take a long time. Things take a long time because God cares about longevity. The quicker you get it, the quicker you lose it. The longer it takes for you to get it, the longer you keep it. That's my advice on that. Swaggy D says, hey, coach, as a man, what's the proper way to deal with female haters? Women in my class sitting next to me being jealous. I can tell by their facial expression. Don't worry about these people because, man, listen, uh, uh, women who look over you now and you a good brother are the same women that are going to be looking for you later. Trust me. So don't worry about what these what these women are not. I don't like to say these women, what those women are doing. Please forgive me for that, for what those women are doing. And don't worry about don't and don't worry too much about women energy. 
Don't worry about too much about women uh, 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 perspectives of you. Stay focused on developing as an individual. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about their facial expressions. Don't worry about them overlooking you. Don't worry about whatever feelings you feel from them because you don't want to be so consumed in the feelings that you feel for women that that you that you that they may not even be feeling those things. And then you then you start developing a preconceived notions about all women because of what a select group of women are doing towards you. So you don't want to develop those worldviews or those mindsets that's demeaning to women because of what a few women have done to you. So how do you deal with it? Don't allow those things to be a distraction. Don't even worry about it. Stay focused. And if women got stuff to say about you, insecure people talk about people. Insecure people respond to insecure people. So the more you respond to them, you got to look at your heart and say, am I insecure in the area? Why do I care about how they feel about me? So a non-response, not responding is proof that you're secure in who you are. Responding is proof that you may have some insecurity somewhere. I could tell when I'm insecure when I respond, if I'm insecure about something in my life, how I respond on the basketball court. I can easily tell. Then every, if I respond outside of character, if I get upset, then, then I got to say, why do I care so much? I ain't, there ain't no NBA scouts here. You see what I'm saying? Then I have to look at my heart and be like, Josh, did something happen today that made you feel like you have to prove yourself as a man on this court? And when someone tries your manhood, you feel like you have to attack them. I, I do that all the time to make sure I understand why am I responding to people I shouldn't be responding to? Hope they help. For times they have time for two more and I'm out. <clears throat> On God and ministry to others in the workplace, I've been praying and giving it to God, but they keep coming back. How can I keep them, these recurring thoughts at bay? Can I interact with this individual? Um, Self-care will determine how you interact. I'm going to your first question. Self-care will determine how you interact. Uh, uh, God will turn you, if it's a bad person doing bad things to you, God will make, will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. He'll make your enemies your footstool. So continue to be kind, continue to be who you need to be uh, based on what the Bible wants you to be. And over time, your enemies will be serving you and the enemies will have to watch God serving you because at the table that he prepared for you, right? And secondly, if it's a person that you are attracted to, then your then your attraction should uh your attraction should lead to you subtracting yourself. If you, the more you attract are to a person, the more you should should should, should 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 subtract yourself from an individual because attractions are deadly. Deadly emotionally, deadly mentally, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I got a question, Rachel. What you got? What you got? What you got? I got a question today. I skip your question, Anthony. Let me see. Oh, <clears throat> here we go. I ain't mean to skip everybody else, but he was up there, so I had to make sure I, I, I got this question. If a man of God asks a woman to marry who is also a woman, if a man of God asks a woman to marry who is also a woman of God to, to engagement, and she knows a lot of red flags, should you continue? Because God sees engagement as the first level of marriage. Great question. <clears throat> what I will tell you is, if the person doesn't exhibit the character of God, then that person should not be a character in your life, in the storybook of your life. So if a man of God, man of God is a loose term. Man, of, the, the MOG and the WOG are loose terms. Everybody is a man of God. Nah, man. Uh, the Bible says uh, they have a form of godliness, but denying the power. Form of godliness. They have a form, a form, a form. They look the part, but they can't be the part. You see what I'm saying? So what most believers have done and a lot of women, a lot of men have done, they've been taking people at face value instead of finding the value behind the face. And what I mean by that, they'd be like, you know what? They, they, they never really met a true man of God. See, you could tell you could tell the difference between being around somebody who's rich and being around somebody who's wealthy based upon their mindset. People can come into wealth, but they don't they're not wealthy because wealth, the, the, the amount of money you have doesn't determine wealth. The mindset you have with that money determines if you have wealth. Right. And so what most people do is, oh, well, this person can preach. This person can prophesy. This person got a form of godliness, but that person has no power. Let me tell you you something. Are the yokes being destroyed around these men of God, women of God? Are people really being delivered? Are they, or do they have a sensualness about them? Are they effeminate? Are they, we're talking about men of God, are they, are they effeminate? Are they sexual in their, in their presence? Are they sensual? Are they self-seeking? These are traits of a false prophet, a form of God. Are they concerned about their brand more than they are about the brand of God? You can tell them by their fruit. The Bible says you don't know, you can't, you won't know them by their flashiness. You'll know them by their fruit. 
So a person can flash godliness, like, hey, look at me, I'm godly, look at me. But if you really engage with the Holy Spirit long enough, you can determine, and since I've seen that you already have, notice that there are red flags. I wouldn't even waste my time with a person that has red flags. I don't care how small the red flag is. Now, what I mean, well, yeah. It don't matter if it's a red flag. That means you need to stop and just be, and don't get so caught up on well. They have a church or they have a ministry. Man, the devil has a ministry. The Bible says he comes as an angel of light. So you can't get caught up on what looks or who looks or seems to be an angel, because angels are basically messengers. And so, do they have a false message or a true message? So, if a man of God wants you to get married. Listen, like not, not a man of God. If a person wants to get married, examine that person's power. <clears throat> examine that person's consistent with God. If they're inconsistent with God, they will not be consistent with you. So save your time, save yourself from the headache and, and really examine why. If I because peep it's crazy how many people settle for things with the obvious signs of that thing. They settle for things with the obvious signs of that thing. They settle for it and they see the red flags, but because they have idolized the idea of love, they settle for it to compete with people on the gram, to make themselves feel whatever. Those who uh, accept their acceptance in God, those who know their value in God are very selective when it comes to the people and things in their life. So I will examine your heart and really see Am I really content with God? If not, you'll set yourself up for these jokers. Um, I know I know the devil hates godly marriages. I'm under attack in this area. Any advice, coach? I'm going to mention another workplace. Okay. Uh, uh, marriage is hard work, my friend. I don't care how godly the marriage is. Marriage is hard work. You know why it's hard work? Because of the, our flesh and dying to ourselves, right? So if you under attack in that area, you got to understand your authority in Christ. You got to get in your authority in Christ and start meditating on the word of God that that um, lets you know and makes you aware of your authority in him and who you are in him and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, um, um, help you exercise in those areas and, and to grow. Now, if you're married right now, and that and you are married, but you have an attractions towards another person, then then you got to look at your own heart and you got to don't judge. Don't allow your actions to be directed by the lack of actions from a, from your husband or wife, because what happens is your actions are supposed to be consistent, no matter how inconsistent their actions are. If you marry, which means you have to continue to be kind. Now, that don't mean you be stupid. That don't mean you put yourself in hurt, but you continue to be kind. You continue to work on that marriage. You continue to work and do your part and trust that God will do his in that individual's life. But if it's a demonic attack on your marriage, then you got authority over it. I would get scriptures, meditate on it, and, and, and get and get and get in it to win it. Period. Now if you want to lose it, then you'll lose it. But if you in it to win it, you'll win them. Right? So I will pray over that significant other. I will I will have a conversation with them. Most of those issues in marriages is based upon misunderstandings. And mishandlings, misunderstandings and mishandlings. When when there's misunderstanding and there's no clear communication to bring uh unison understanding, then the marriage is gonna then the marriage is gonna falter. But if but if you're like uh or if there's mishandlings when you're just overly emotional or he's overly emotional and and y'all just mishandle some things for a long period of time, all you gotta do is have a, a moment where you say, Holy Spirit, open the open the opportunity for me to have a conversation with my husband or wife. Open the door for me to have a conversation where we can be able to connect and find intimacy again. If there's a lack of intimacy individually between you and, and y'all and God, then there will be a lack of intimacy between you between your uh, between each other. So what you got to do is rekindle intimacy with God and begin to build that. And the intimacy you have with God will then flood over to the kindness that will heap coals of fire over your significant other's head, which means renew their mind. And then a conversation will be had where there's clear communication, clear expectation. And then next thing y'all know, y'all, y'all having that, uh, that, that y'all handling uh, each other well, if you know what I'm saying, intimately. Hope they help. Tierra Miller says, and I got maybe got one time for your, your question and one more. I'm trying to get to the 45-minute marker or 47-minute marker, and I'm out your way. Hey, I keep having dreams that evil forces are attacking me and discouraging me from giving God praises. I rebuke and renounce, but I don't know why these forces. Because 
uh, demons recognize faith levels. They know if you truly believe what you're saying. If you, if they, if you don't believe, if you don't believe in it, they ain't gonna leave it. You see what I'm saying? If they, if you don't believe in it, they're not gonna leave it. Which means they're gonna stay around because you, you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, you don't believe. Uh, belief is key. Uh, even, even childlike faith. If a faith, if God, if that child believes, God, God, I'm, I'm telling you, belief is a center pillar in a lot of things you have to believe. Um, so, 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 so you got to examine your faith level. Why, where is my faith level? And be honest, scale to one to 10, where are you at? If you below a seven, then you got work to do. And, but, but, but it don't even take much work. It's basically just repentance. Holy spirit. I repent for the lack of faith that I have. I believe that until my faith is high, my trusting you will eliminate these dark forces in my life. Sometimes it takes just a two minute, three minute honest conversation with God and you back to the faith you need to. But to but that may just be faith for that moment. But to build sustaining faith, you got to have faithful uh, uh, actions that build your faith to that level. And um, and it takes work. But right now, through the spirit of God, he can increase your faith for the moment to liberate you while at the same time allowing you to grow in faith to sustain that level of authority and to sustain a level of confidence that will ensure those dark forces leave. Hope to help. Good evening. Praying you through. Thank you, Tammy. Hey, coach, what's going on, Christina? Christine, how you feeling? Oh, Lizzie, Stephanie Ramirez, you have to. OK, I'll encourage each other. Yeah, that's good. Nita says, coach, how are you? I'm doing exceptionally well. Maybe you can advise me on how we help those still suffering addictions come close to God and realize how much we need God in our lives. Great question. Um, addictions have layers to them. Addictions are the fruit of abandonment. Addictions are the fruit of, of abuse. Um, Addiction is the fruit of a lot of different things. And to help someone in an addiction, you have to be trustworthy to them. You have to be understanding in their mind to them. And what I mean by that is they have to be able to trust that you are a confidant, that that you that you see them for who they are and don't uh, look down at their addiction. What I mean by look down at the addiction, where you define them by their addiction, they have to feel that you divine define them by by who the divine sees them as. They have to understand that you care, because I've been around people who have addictions and they they'll find me. They find me. They look for me, and I just listen. I listen until God utilizes me to liberate them. And <clears throat> and listening is key. <clears throat> you got to be loving. Uh, so that you can even be in an environment for them to trust that you will listen to them. And in you listening to them, you can be the tool God uses to liberate them. So you have to be a loving person to them, a listening person for them. And, a, and as you listen to them, the Holy Spirit will tell you to pick out different cues where you will be able to over time help them build um, um, where they need to be. And, 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 and then the Holy Spirit will do the rest. So how do we help those suffering in addictions? <clears throat> Excuse me. Is is to realize that we have to be loving and not judging. And what I mean by judging, being judgmental. That's, believers are supposed to judge a righteous judgment, right? But we're talking about being judgmental or defining them by their addiction. But if you if you will if you really want to help those in addictions, you got to get in the trenches. You got to be if you if led by the Holy Spirit. Because this is what I'm going to make sure I give wisdom on. Most people try to liberate people with addictions, then they become addicted. You know, then they become messed up because the closer you get to a devil that you wasn't that that you wasn't uh, sent to, to to defeat, that devil will defeat you. We be jumping into trenches and and the demons like, I know God ain't seeing you because I don't see no angels with you. I know God ain't seeing you because I don't see no power on you. And so then you mess yourself up. So wisdom is key. And if it's a person that God leads you to liberate or to help or to assist him. See, we have to understand that we are not the doctors. We are the nurses. So you got to look at yourself as a nurse. If the doctor is in the room and he and he selects you as the nurse, then you nurse. You nurse by being loving. Hey, how you doing? I'm checking your vitals. How are you feeling? You're good. And then they'll, they'll talk to you. And then you report to the doctor. The doctor does the healing. We just do um, um, the loving. And then that you'll begin to see over time people are helped.
that's my time, y'all. Love y'all. Gotta go. Um, I'll look through the questions. There was a, a gentleman who asked a question about ministry in the last video that I'm gonna possibly um do a video on and 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 I'm gonna look through y'all's comments. So I want to do that because I know it's difficult for everyone to be able to catch the lives. Um and but but I know that uh, the Holy Spirit is a great present help. Uh, but uh, I understand. And so I'm gonna do more lives. I do want to do more messages because I, I have to give uh, resources and materials for people that are struggling in areas so they'll be able to grow. Uh, but these live Q and A's are great uh, for me to serve you all. It's great for me uh, to sharpen my blade. It's great for me um, to be able to uh, uh, create content um, that's like jabs. They may not be haymakers in it uh, uh, on one topic, but I'm able to give jabs to the devil, um, and that's that's plaguing y'all's lives. So I count it an honor. It's very humbling. Um, all of my resources that you that will be able to assist you, um, especially uh, for those who are single. This book here, The Purpose of Singleness, will help you. This for married people too, because we got to make sure that we're a whole even in our marriages. Um, this book here, Dating Prep. I have a card game that that goes with it that will be able to help you all in all dating relationships. This is a great resource for those who are dating themselves and for those who are dating the, their, uh, the divine partner and for those who are already married to the person that God has for them. These are great questions for every stage of the relationship because even when you marry, you have to date your, date your significant other. And these are great questions to help you all grow in love together. If you're dealing with spiritual warfare, I got a book called World War Me to help you better understand the whole armor of God and how to utilize them to win your uh, internal and external battles. And I got this book, The Purpose of Freedom. It's a book designed to help you with soul ties and strongholds, help you understand what they are and how God liberates you from them. And of course, my nostalgia book, Unplugged, Top Things You Need to Unplug From. That book is 12 years old, 11 years old or so. Um, I have two coaching, uh, two uh, uh, courses online, a course on insecurities and a course on procrastination. Um, all these resources are on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I'll write it here for those who are in the chat. I am unplugged.com. <clears throat> All my courses are there. Books are there. Two card games. Dating prep is a card game. Um, and also, um, uh, the memory muscle game is probably one of my favorite ones because it's a fun way to uh, memorize scripture, whether alone or with a group of friends. It's a fun way to do it. And I hope those resources are a blessing. Bro, have you read the book Freemason and his influence on black? I haven't. Um, I haven't. Um, but um, yeah, I just haven't. But I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, T-shirts at the bottom of the video. Merch, books, courses. Mentoring program. Um, my wife and I will be starting our mentoring program in February. If you want to support us, make sure you go to our website, weprepel.education, or just simply go to my website, imunplugged.com, and under uh, mentoring, you'll be able to see what we what we do uh, for the students that I serve, and you'll be able to find ways that you can support. Um, but make sure when you give, put propel, put propel, so we'll know how to funnel uh, your 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 donations too. So we love y'all. Y'all be blessed. If y'all want to support us, you're free to give there as well. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. No man, no woman knows that when I do a live video. So make sure you subscribe, hit the bell so you get notifications, so that you'll be ready to post your questions. And I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace. <laughs>